Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello there. We are on number three, Dig a Bit number three for um, month nine of our study, which is access to the grace space. And there's great comfort in being in the grace space. Now, somebody um, on our, we talked about the grace space a little bit on the last, um, who was with me? You were with me. And we talked about the grace space a little bit last time on that. And someone said that, that maybe we were constricting that grace space a bit much and that it's, it's, that they would rather view the gray space as being the space outside um, of of the lost space and that the, the little room would be the lost people who are locked up in, and I get that. Um, however, when we think about this world in which we live, the gray space is reserved for an and I know our culture doesn't like for us to think about it this way, but for an elite group of people. Um, an elite just means having met qualifications that are not met by the masses. That's, that's elite. And we are the elect of God, precious, um, and not due to any circumstance that we control, but we are in that grace space by the very nature of the word grace, which is unmerited. I think unmerited favor is a fair definition of grace. It is unmerited favor. And so as we think about that space, we're thinking about people who have been buried with Christ in baptism, but even more um, difficult, even more challenging, they are people who have chosen to reject the lifestyle of sin, to not obey, as Jennifer talked about last time, the um, lust of the flesh, but to submit, surrender, give over the will to the one who paid the price so that we could be in the sphere of grace in the first place. So we're talking about repentance here. That's the, the phrase that would describe our rejection of one life, our decision to walk away from the lust of the flesh and to walk according to the spirit. And I was going to talk about verse 13 of Romans chapter 6. And that passage says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God as those that are alive from the dead and yield your members as instruments of righteousness to God. We have a lot of contrast in this passage, and this is one. Don't yield. Her, Jennifer's was, you know, don't obey the lust of the flesh, but obey the righteousness of God. And here we have, don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness but yield your members as instruments of righteousness so as we think about that word yield in the um new king james i think that word is present but i think yield is a really good translation of that word it is do not submit your members yield your members give them over as instruments of unrighteousness. 
I think that we could watch YouTube for a few minutes and figure out that there are some people who are yielding their members in a very blatant way to unrighteousness. So let's talk about what are members. Well, the word is malos, and it really literally means your limbs. Your, it really means your body parts. And there's not really too much of a metaphorical sense of that word. So what it really means is that we are not going to submit our the, the productivity of our bodies, the functions of our bodies, really our actions. We're not going to yield our actions to unrighteousness. I think that this is really um, an important concept for our day because we hear people all the time talking about it doesn't really matter so much the details of my actions it's where my heart is it's where um you know it's it's about intent it's about you know my attitude and really the the way that i hear it most often today is i just love jesus I just love Jesus. Well, it, we have to love him. And Holly told us, was it Holly or you? It was you, Emily. Um, in the last time we were talking about that, that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. Yes. And obedience is, is yielding the will, but it is necessarily tied to a change in our activity our actions so um, when we say present the members we are talking about really literally the limbs of our activity the limbs of even our body limbs um, I was reading um, Holly and I were talking about this just a few minutes ago really in uh, in a since that word was used to describe people who were yielding their sexual organs to har harlotry so when you think about that this is um this verse is telling us that we are to use our bodies even the limbs of our bodies the activity of this human body in which our spirit dwells for um, instruments of righteousness when we say instruments, that's a tool. It's like a farm tool, a farm utensil, a dentist tool. It's we do not use the members of our bodies as utensils of unrighteousness. We think about utensil at the table. What's that, Emily? That's fork, yeah, your spoon. fork, your spoon. It's what gets the food to your mouth. It's what facilitates. So when we think about not using our limbs as utensils of unrighteousness we're not going to facilitate sin i'm going to think about paul telling timothy make no provi provision for the flesh that's really what this is it's it's um it's packing a lunch for a sin picnic mm -hmm. is what it really is it's like you're um you've you are allowing yourself to be used for the purpose of the devil rather than the purpose of the Lord. And sometimes it might not be overt. Sometimes it might be that I should have not packed the lunch 
I should have not been in that situation in the first place. I should not have been, and I can name a lot of things, at that movie. I should not have been in that crowd of people who were drinking. I should not have been in that situation where I knew that this was going to be a temptation for me. I'm on a vacation with people who don't care much about the Lord, so I'm probably gonna, not me. <laughs> I'm talking about us. This is a situation that's imaginary, but I'm on a situation where people don't care too much about the Lord. So you know, I hope I can find a place to worship. You know, you that's provision for the flesh when I'm spending my money and my time on things that probably are going to put me in a situation of temptation. That's putting my members at risk. That's putting my limbs at risk. That's putting my arms at risk for being instruments of unrighteousness. Um, before I move down to one more passage that I wanted to talk about about that, does anybody have anything about that? So I, I wanted to look at 722. Um, in Romans while we were talking about that and it says there um, Emily go ahead and read that for yeah. I delight in the law of God according to the inward man is that no, the right one? that's not really it let me okay. see um, let me see oh um, 23 but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. So I think it's really interesting there that he says that law of sin is just naturally in your member. It, or it was in, we're talking about the Apostle Paul here. And Paul is saying that this law of sin is in his members. So we are in a situation as we live here that is our members are going to be tempted because they are under the law of sin and have no hope oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death without Jesus we don't have any hope but I thank God he says in 25 through Jesus Christ our Lord so then with the mind I'm serving the law of God but with the flesh I constantly have to work to not yield my members as instruments of unrighteousness. And there, that uh, concept is a, the physical yielding of the members is all over the book of Proverbs. But if you look at the seven things God hates, let's, let's turn there real quickly. And I believe that's Proverbs 6. And that might start in verse 15 or 16. Somebody find, you got it, Emily. Proverbs 6. And if you can just tell us those seven things God hates. And what I'd like for you to do while she's reading this is just listen to the members that are listed here. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Okay, so we got hands, feet, heart, lips, eyes, the proud look. We have the members here. And what does it say, God? How does God feel about these members doing unrighteousness? They're, well, he hates them, but he also calls them an abomination. And I actually have the definition, a thing of horror, an object of loathing. 
God loathes us committing our members to evil purposes. Remember, we're we're not talking about a heart that's, you know, we're not talking about people who hate God. We're not talking about people in our world who would say, I don't love Jesus. We're talking about a lot of people who would say, I love Jesus, but who just aren't bringing body members into captivity. Um, we think about hands that shed in innocent blood, eyes that are proud in the way that they they look. And I know that's probably a bit metaphorical, but um, lips that speak lies. These are these are not thought processes. These are activities that we do that are um, representative of things God hates. But here in our passage, they are the yielding of members. So in Proverbs 6, we have, we have heart, but we have eyes, tongue, feet, hands, and um, all of those things that are limbs of the body, members of the body that have been yielded as utensils of unrighteousness. Who has anything else to say about that? Anybody? Wow, you're just going to let me talk and y'all aren't going to talk at all? Okay. <laughs> um, when you were reading that verse in Romans chapter 7, verses 23 through 25, I think is what we read. But just above that, there's a whole section there about the inner struggle that that we all have. Um, verse 15 says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want what we know we should be doing, but I do the very thing I hate. And then in 19, it says almost the same thing. And then in verse 21, it says, for I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. And that then it goes into that discussion that you read. And I think it's just, it's good to remember that even though we want to do right, evil is very close. It's very easy to get into. If we, if we um, make those make those um, choices like you said to put ourselves in those those situations mm -hmm. that may turn out in a bad way well just continuing from what Holly said uh, verse 23 but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members so it's a it, it is a war it's a it's a battlefield of course um thinking about our members doing things either for unrighteousness or righteousness um john when he preached to john the baptist when he was preaching he told those who were there he said bear fruits worthy of repentance and he goes on to talk to them about bearing good fruit but the people ask him what shall we do and he says, if you have two tunics, give to him who has none. And then the tax collector said, what shall we do? Collect no more than what is appointed for you. And the soldiers, what should we do? So it is about the actions of our members. Those people were saying, I want to bear fruit worthy of repentance. So what do I need to do? Um, just a thought. 
Well, and that's all over the scripture. You know, that's what the book of James is about. It is not just a thought process where we give a mental assent that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It is um, a moving from decisions that are worldly, devil-based, to decisions that result in activity that centers around the fact that I trust God and I believe his plan for my life. I can't imagine um, going into a marriage, uh, having enough trust for someone to go into a marriage with that person and saying, but now I'm going to make all my own decisions. I'm not going to listen to what you, you know, we're talking about trust results in, and, and people say, all you have to do is believe. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when you believe in a man enough to marry him, then that means that you're going to put his will above your own will. It just in every relationship, you don't say you trust someone. I trust you, but not enough to follow you anywhere. You know that you don't trust them. Trust involves committing my activity to the will of someone. I wanted to just add in closing this. Um, do you think that when Paul was writing this, maybe um, he hearkened back to the road to Damascus and the member that was taken away from him on that road? And, you know, scales had to fall from his eyes. And, and when I think about those scales, I think about repentance. And I think about, boy, when he opened his eyes after the scales, they were never going to be the same. They were given over. That was a member that was going to be given over to the taking of the gospel to the Gentiles for, for the rest of his life and, and to service to God. And when he, you know, I kind of think his uh, opinion, but I kind of think that his thorn in the flesh that he prayed about was probably his eyes. And I think that, you know, that maybe perhaps it could have started on the road to Damascus. I really don't know. But I, I think you, I would have a hard time being Paul and writing this about yielding your members without remembering when he fell down and when all of his members were smitten and when his eyes were, his sight was taken from him and how that once he got up, every bit of him was penitent and determined to, and that was the moment of repentance for him i think the the moment of the cleansing was later when ananias came to him and i know it was because later on in that review uh saul why do you tarry arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. I think that's Acts twenty two sixteen. But when you think about that, we know what the the moment of cleansing was. But I mean, you know, when he decided that he was going to follow Christ, he was yielding that member that had been taken away from him, and all of his members. And I think when he wrote this, he probably thought about about that. I don't see how he would not. Anything else that we want to say? We have spent a long time, um, but we, we split it up, so it, it didn't seem so bad. And we are, um, you know, now it's, it was time to go. Where are we going at lunch? Blue? Blue Mesa 
Blue Muscle Cafe. The Blue Muscle Cafe. They they can have the mussels. They can have the fresh caught lobster. And I hope that that, that's delicious. But I hope the Blue Muscle has some good old southern fried shrimp. Because I could go for that. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Oh, good. I love fish and chips. I hope they're the kind that are wrapped in brown paper. That would be awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I hope that you all have a great day. And we'll have we'll have one more coming up soon. And I hope that you stay on target because we are 9, 10, 11, 12. We are, we're getting to the end of this Digging Deep study. And we are getting ready to, in August, kick off another one. So don't get behind. Be sure you finish the study and have a great day.